This is the Final Word Daily, England-Ireland, the Lord's Test Match, Day 3, Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins. With the music in the background of the bollards being disassembled, that means that the Test Match is over. The Final Word Daily is brought to you by Westfield London. More extra? Less less ordinary. Ordinary. Here we go. Adam, you need to tell me about quite a lengthy day, an unexpectedly lengthy day of Test Match cricket, and you've got to do it all in the space of 30 seconds. Alright, Ireland resumed 255 runs behind with Tucker and Tector there. They got out for 44 and 51 respectively. Tector out the ball before reaching 50. That's when the party started for the seventh wicket. They put on 163. That was Mark Ardair, 88, 12 away from what would have been a majestic century and left stranded at the end, 86 not out, Andy McBride. They still got to a lead though. They set England 11 to win after being all out 362, a mighty effort. England got there in three balls, four balls with three boundaries via Zach Crawley. They win the series? It's not a series. <laughs> One thing is not a series. I mean, I mean two's not either, really. Okay, so yeah. we, had, we had the argument many times about whether two was a series. Yeah, I think we called uh, it a coincidence in the yes. end. Um, one a is tryst. an incidence, a single incidence, an instance. They did have will. a trophy, though, didn't they? And I mean, this could arguably Hall of Fame. I quite like how Stokes decides who gets to lift the trophy uh-huh. for whatever reason, and he gave it to Josh Tung, who was kind of doing quite a modest hold, and he goes, ah, oh, sod up in front of the members. He goes, and thrust it to the sky at the end. So they do have a trophy they're playing for. I think they should call it the McCullum McCullum trophy, um, <laughs> because why not? One can wear a white outfit, one can wear a black outfit, you know, spy versus spy style. It's got to be the Ed Joyce Cup, doesn't it? The Ed Joyce Cup, or the Owen Morgan Oh, yeah, Owen Morgan's probably, in fairness, Owen Morgan probably has a better claim on that. He was in the combo. Maybe the Morgan Joyce. Morgan Joyce. Maybe the. I I mean, JP Morgan is plastered all over the the press box. So if there's some kind of Morgan crossover, maybe Captain Morgan Rum can get involved. Yeah, yeah. Captain We're giving Morgan them ideas. Commercial department will invoice you. Yeah, totally. We, 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 will, we will send that through. Now, uh, today today was fun. And we were going to do a bit of a dissection yeah. of the Irish cricket situation and so on. What we're going to do instead is leave that for the weekly show, which will come out in a couple of days, because we've had a, not a long conversation, but maybe a half-hour conversation, a reasonable length one with Warren Dutram, who is the Cricket Island CEO and has been for a long time. So that might be the time to get into a bit of the mechanics, because today was actually a feel-good day. And I know people can be well patronising and go, oh, look, they took something out of it and all the rest of it. But honestly, I mean, Ireland were absolutely flogged. On the first day, okay, they got bowled out for a not great score. They weren't humiliated, but through that second day, they were smashed around. You could totally have understood them coming out, getting bowled out from 45 minutes this morning and saying, well, let's chuck it in and go home. And instead, they were like, no, we're here. We're, it's a Saturday at Lords, and we're going to play and we're going to enjoy it. We're going to make the most of being out there. The fact they made England bat again from where they were was a triumph in itself. Yeah, we joked, didn't we, that if they can make England... Uh not see the FA Cup final, they'd have done well. Well, they nearly they achieved did. that. They, I think England got back in the sheds for the last half an hour, which was pulsating watching. But um, yes, the the, the, uh, the the job, if you like, was to show something today. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Balberni was on radio or telly, one of the other, after play and said that there's never been any real doubt about their grit in white ball cricket. I mean, they do fight hard. They have to fight hard for everything they get. The, the challenge they've got structurally, and we'll get into this, as you say, on the, on the weekly show, today's not really the day for the full deep dive, is that they don't have much to draw down on in terms of experience, but to the extent to which they did have something, it's two experienced players in Adair and 
uh, and McBride, and then two younger players or two less experienced players, I suppose, in Tucker and Tecta up the top. And they all saw it the same way, an opportunity to uh, bat on a blameless day at Lords on a track that was getting flat up and make the very most of what always feels like a bit of a carnival here on here at Lords on, on a Saturday during a test match, regardless of whether it's Australia playing or Ireland. Lots of people mm. in and, and all the rest. And yeah, a credit to them for almost ignoring the scoreboard. So Tector and Tucker, I always like Harry Tector's name because I always think of it as Harry Tractor. I don't know why, but you know, I mean, sure their own. It's quite a, it's quite a, quite an image, I suppose. Maybe like a children's book or something. Um, not thinking of anything above the age groups of that. But they started out pretty confidently, pretty comfortably. Yeah. Like they looked relatively settled pretty quickly. Um, Tucker gets through to 44, looks nice, looked compact, played some good shots. The clip off the pads that he played was um, a wonderful piece of timing. Um, Tector gets through to his half century and is dismissed the ball after that. And he was furious as well. Like there was, I kind of like that when you see how much like, it means to a player walking off. He's not just like, oh, well, I made a 50 happy days, give the crowd a wave. He was swishing the bat. Like, yeah. you know when you annoy a cat and it starts doing its tail like that? That's what he was doing with the bat as he was walking off. Yeah, I suppose he would know that he's got this high ceiling and he's made international hundreds, four of them in, in the one-day team against some really good bowling attacks. He, he wouldn't have been daunted by what he was facing, clearly, because he was batting so nicely. And he had Tucker for company. Maybe Tucker getting out. Might have been what hurt his rhythm a little bit because he didn't yeah. sort of dash to 50 his last time he was yeah. held. So, And it's one of those horrible dismissals for, for Tucker because he plays... I mean, Jack Leach just starts bowling two feet outside the leg stump. He plays a sweep shot at one, gloves it back yeah. down onto the leg stump. Um, not great fortune there. I mean, not a great shot either. I should have either left it or middled it, I suppose. And if you make the error, then you can get out in, sure. in any way. But And Camp has caught round the corner and he makes 19, I think it was, in yep. the second dig after he put on a... you know. Halfway decent stand. Yeah. Uh, but, but the thing was with... Um, Cam for both innings sort of did a bit, did enough to be useful, but not enough to be really substantial. He's caught by Stokes. Now, um, this was annoying because it meant that Stokes Ruined didn't it. go, did not bowl, did not bat, did not catch. He would have been the first England captain, first captain of any test side to have done that in a win. So I'm disappointed yep. on, on that level. But a full, it would have been a full thanks for coming. Completely. He is still, I think, the only England captain to have not batted or bowled in a test win, but it's not quite as as, as meaty as the it's full It's not as satisfying. Yeah, I actually was on a podcast called Thanks for Coming the other day. Really? Very, very nice people. I spoke about a game I played in 2005 in Sirencester. Okay. Pretty niche, but pretty good. Uh, a game in which you did not bat or bowl? No, a game where I bowled pretty well, actually. Okay. <laughs> Got caught, caught magnificently in the game. Surely that's uh, contrary. If you have a podcast called Thanks for Coming, surely it has to be about stories of players yeah, who didn't know. get to play. Yeah, I know. No, it was a, it was a club podcast. Anyway, okay. um, the yeah the, the, the way in which Camphor gets out is mostly newsworthy because Stokes goes down hard, and you're thinking about his knee. Now he said he said that he said that he, <laughs> he said that he uh, bowled for the first time in four weeks today before play, and his knees are okay. Um, and wasn't going to bowl today in the game, but hadn't bowled since returning home. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, uh, right, where are we? We're at Lords, aren't we? We're yeah, Lords. Um, okay. uh, this is the um, day three words, yeah. of England Island, the, the solitary test match at Lords. Now tell us all about the day's play in 30 <laughs> seconds. So Ben Stokes, uh, okay, so Stokes um, goes down on that knee and <laughs> proposes. And proposes, yes, yeah, while he's, he's there. He's knighted. While he's there. Because <laughs> that's um, what happens uh, in and, England. And, 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 anybody. and we were pondering, everyone was pondering, well, what does that mean? Because Ollie Pope is the vice captain. Remember, he was um, designated Surprised the full time vice captain. Uh, I think he probably did at some point, didn't he? <laughs> um, he was always performing at those 
like Jubilee concerts and so on. He was a complete you know, fawning yeah. royal loon. I did. Um, um, I went to a pub trivia night just before I left Melbourne. Um, about I think the day of or the day after that news, and one of the teams was called Wobbleboarding in Hell. <laughs> just thought that was a nice. Touch. We had to play a game on the way back from the authors. Uh, fixture I played that, that afternoon and the game is you can be hiding anywhere in the world and those in the car with you via yes or no questions need to work out where you're hiding. I was hiding on Rolf Harris's wobbleboard. Oh, oh. That was the right place to hide. Okay. okay. See, if I were hiding, I would not answer the questions <laughs> truthfully. You know, like you Pablo Escobar, you're hiding out. The CIA's on the phone and they're like, uh, are you inside or are you outside? <laughs> you just yes or no questions, yeah. you would reply. Are you inside a house? Um, no. He was inside a house. Um, so Stokes is fine apparently or so he tells Af uh, after plays like well yeah I went down hard on the knee but it's not going to prohibit me from bowling and I'll be right for the Ashes you know you you wouldn't expect Stokes to say anything other than that right but um, if he doesn't but I've also heard he's going to get cortisone jabs before he bowls which is not but let's pretend he isn't available I haven't really considered this point but let's say Stokes at some point during the series is in bad enough nick that he that he wouldn't play. Ollie Pope captaining an Ashes Test match feels like a bit of a reach to me. Mm. And this is no reflection on his character or, or his seniority or whatever. It just doesn't quite work. I, I reckon yep. they'd have been better served having no vice captain, and in the sure. event they needed a one-off, using Broader Anderson. Yeah. Um, just as a you know a, a placeholder captain with heaps of experience and wouldn't be sort of overwhelmed by. It. I'm not saying Pope using would be both either. of them. Joint captains. Joint captains, oh, like the perfect. under-12s. Yeah. Except they're both... Or the Brisbane Lions. Except, yes, except they're both 40. Yeah. Um, well, Anderson will be 41 um, this year. Yep. Um, anyway, so the Broad's Stokes... only 36, isn't he? Well, let's move he's on not. to the... Yeah, he's a bit younger. Let's move on to the, the partnership that mattered most. So they got together at 162 for six, yep. acknowledging that um, they'd already lost the opening batter at McCollum yesterday, retired hurt. So it was the eight and nine. Uh, and they put on um, more than that, 163 in their partnership. I'll give you some stats, some Please. Zaltzman stats about that as I turn page it is the sixth time in test cricket where the number eight and the number nine have both made it above 80 in the same innings okay that's pretty rare oh okay was one of those roger hardigan with clem hill almost certainly so hardigan batted number eight so that would have been and made a ton again clem hill came in at nine because he was crook batting in 50 degree heat Uh this is what story time does for for you (laughs) the adelaide test match of what 1928 Uh, earlier than that it was uh Anyway, it doesn't matter. 26, um, 25. Yeah, we're back in the first decade of the 1900s, mm-hmm. I reckon. Anyway, 1902, maybe, possibly? Anyway. Oh, yeah, Clem Hill. It's yeah. got to be early. Um, right, so where have we gotten to? It's Diversion. This rambling, rambling podcast today. Sorry, oh, this is perfect. sorry, sorry. sorry. Um, but they batted so well. Mark Adair um, hit two dingers um, to, to get the party started before mm-hmm. lunch. She was striking at like... 150. We interviewed yeah. Mark before the test match, and he's a, a lively type. He's known as Sparky, and he batted in a Sparky way. Yeah. Um, and you just felt like it was destiny. I don't know. You, yeah. We weren't sit, sat together today, but I thought he is going to make 100. He made 250s for Essex against yep. Ireland in the warm-up game last week, and I just thought after being yeah. so unlucky with the ball on day one, could have got Crawley out a number of times. His figures looked rubbish. I thought he is going to go away and get on the honours board. I thought he is going to get close to 100 and not get it um, because that was just felt like the vibe of the way that he was batting. Okay. But, yeah, that conversation we had, you, you talked about all the runs he made in the warm-up and he just came out and batted in the same way, really. A, Jim, it, a Gurkha-esque it would have been. Well, getting yeah. Getting on the honours board yes. from number nine. Oh, that would have been magnificent <laughs> had it happened. I'm sad it didn't happen. But it was really when Root came on to bowl and he was like, you know what? No. Like, you're not going to be polling your, your part-time off-spinner. Like, I'm going to put him in the seats. And he did a couple of times. And then started getting more aggressive but he played some wonderful shots yeah. like as things particularly as he got past he reached
reaches the 50 with this glorious uppercut mm. that goes very straight, almost over Bearstow. Um, then that straight drive that he played just to the offside of straight where he just gets the front leg out of the way a little bit, but so crisply through the ball. And then one shot particularly, there's, it's, it's almost a wide Yorker. It's not quite that full, but outside the off stump, and he just reaches for it, barely moves the bat, just places it there and squeezes it out through backward point for four. It was perfectly timed. He played some wonderful strikes. I was gutted that's the way he got out as well, because he played so well behind the point, the uppercut, and it was very, very low on the bat too. Like, he nearly got away with it. He was yeah. so late on the ball, but um, that'll happen. Uh, it when was a you're, touch, when a periscope. All of that. Um, mm. It was the highest score for a number nine at Lords in a test match since Broads 169 not out. There you go. Another one for you there. And, and their partnership, which... And you know um, that things got better and better for him with the bats from there. <laughs> and, and the stand, um, it's the third time Ireland... Sorry, make that the fifth time Ireland have had a 100-plus stand in test cricket mm -hmm. and the third of them for the seventh wicket. Okay. So I thought it was quite nice. So Very three nice. have involved the number nine. Andy McBride um, did his job at the other end, was yep. uh, was quiet and industrious with the occasional big shot um, up until the point that he got to his 50, then Adair gets out, McBride just chills out for a little while and then he starts to up the ante a bit as he goes sort of from 50 up to about 80 and then things started to quiet down as yeah. you know, a couple of wickets fell. And well, he got, he got to 50 with the reverse sweep and I thought this might be a sign of what's to come. He's going to really put the foot down. And when he lost Adair, he didn't play with Hume. He didn't play the milking the strike game, which mm. I anticipated. I thought, well... Well, you had Fee on hand for a bit yeah, um, before Quite that. right, you did. But once, once hand went and he's down to effectively the number 11 because McCullum was never going to bat in a moon boot, it would have been interesting had, um, had uh, he been on 98 or 99 whether they would have strapped the pads on and he would have hobbled out in a moon boot. <laughs> this is one small step for man. <laughs> well, I would have loved to have seen it like Colin Cowdery out here in 63. Anyway, but... Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're watching or listening to this before having heard story time, uh, oh, yes. you will hear another story about someone coming down at number 11 to try to bat when they are very unfit to do so. Maybe the best yet. So there's the Malcolm Marshall, there's the Colin Cowdery, there's the Graham Smith, and then there's what Jeff does yep. on Storytime 139. Listen to it, it'll be adding feeds on Sunday morning first thing Australian time, time. Yep. Yep. tonight in the UK so McBride doesn't play that game then Hume plays two reverse sweeps that go for four I think that might have been off route as well possibly so they and that took them into well, the hand, lead no, it was handy play though so Hume played the, um, the, the swishes outside the, oh, the off start I, I, I might be um, I'm, conflating your, your two I might be confused the boundaries that Hume, Hume's the left hander and, yeah, and yeah. he's he, and he played he, the reverse, didn't he? And he drives, he drives him, he throws the bat and gets a thick edge a couple of times. Ah, uh, the football had started by then. I was a bit distracted, okay. but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. There, there was moments he does, there. Hume takes them past the, the England yeah. um, deficit. It takes them out of the deficit into the lead with those two boundaries, yeah. or with the second of those two boundaries, where he plays square on the offside um, oh, after yes, having yes, been yes, yes, very defensive right. up until that point. Two in point. a row, wasn't it? He's yeah. like, you know what, bugger it. I'm just going to throw the bat at a couple, and it worked. So it made made them bat again, and they took the extended T thing, and every. Was probably the loudest cheer of the day uh, was when they went into the league. Of course, you know, it, was. It, it, was a, it was a good moment. I think it was a standing ovation. I reckon people, uh, and again, this is not so much for today, but just on my observations of the crowd, there's a lot of goodwill towards Ireland yeah. um, from cricket fans because they realise the story's a belter and they probably have picked up on the fact that something's not quite right. How could have the gap grown between the sides, or how could have Ireland receded um, since 2019 when they did so well, especially with the ball at this ground? So. Yeah, I reckon that there, there is um, a sense that, uh, you know, today's an important 
a, a line drawn underneath yeah. what happened on, on the first couple of days, at least as far as the crowd were concerned. And, uh, and yeah, England only had to make 11 runs and got there in four balls because, because Crawley was able to, I mean, Adair would have been knackered, gave him a half tracker and, you know, um, yeah. and, and that was that. That might segue into the final word, Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is where we choose the most final word moments of the day, the things that please us the most. It's brought to you by us, by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. They, Keep your eyes open for a bargain. <laughs> they can go and play. They've got time tomorrow. Ollie Pope was asked after play, mm-hmm. you know, what are you going to do tomorrow? Guess what they're doing tomorrow? Yeah. Playing what, golf. Playing <laughs> so, golf. Oh, yeah, wow. They can get down to the Putt Shack. Um, that's at um, Stratfield, yeah. London, which is the one Putt over in... Shack the west of town and on the other end of the, the central line um, and if that's what you love if you love your golf or if you love your cricket the Sixers bar um, which we're going to be um, I, I don't expect they'll end up at Sixers having wrapped up you know if they had a choice between golf and cricket they're going to pick golf right sure, yeah. um, but they'll have loads of options out there as they would if they went to the Stratford City Westfield westfield.com forward slash united dash kingdom uh, Westfield mm. London and Stratford City more extra, less ordinary, and we'll have far more to tell you about them next week at the World Test Championship final and the five Ashes Test after that. Six indeed, because we'll be doing daily shows from Nottingham for the Women's Ashes Test in June. I think I think it's Hall of Fame worthy what you were just talking about, the the, the cheer, the standing ovation when they went into the lead, and just the feeling of warmth around the ground. It felt yeah. it felt good. It felt like an embrace. It felt different to, because yesterday it was like you could tell that people were a bit embarrassed. You, you don't want to see a team or an athlete be humiliated you know everyone's kind of going we didn't really see that we weren't watching it's fine you know we were in the bar Um, and and today today felt like a big hug yeah it did Um, I've got a Stokes one he he tried to wear his bucket hat up to the presentation and Danny Rubin the media manager does a great job with that team the best in the business um, made him take it off and he had to borrow Joe Root's England cap to do the presentation Um, I've got two more things written out Andrew Leonard the great commentator of associate cricket got so much time for his brilliant work used to work at the icc used to work um at cricket island actually very proud irishman um he took a catch on the second deck of the stand after one of the sixes he caught it pouched it, it raised it in the air and took a bow so uh, andrew if you're listening um well done to you that was a lovely moment and, and andrew leonard human torpedo <laughs> and, and and i want to um i want to a little little shout out to faith who's an mcc steward over in front of the grace gates who tapped me on the shoulder and said Thanks so much for, for what you do on the program because she can't watch any of the cricket because she's stuck stewarding all day long and listens to the daily to catch up. So, how do you, Faith? Stewarding in her own juices. Um, now, my last one was um, Andy McBride. I just had a little moment. You know, I like playing around with words and things. And and the muck, when you have muck in a name, it means generally refers to the son of. You know, it's, it's the family lineage. And so I just realised McBride. McBride is a son of the sea, a son of the nice. ocean. He could have walked out of the salt water fully formed <laughs> and straight into the Irish cricket team and out here and made 86 not out. Um, what a performance it was, standing up to England and saying, well, OK, you might have tailed us up yesterday, but you're not going to have everything your own way. And he can always say, I ran out of partners. It wasn't my fault. Wasn't my I had fault. red ink at the end. Uh, that's it from us. Thank you to Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Uh, more extra, less ordinary. More on them next week. More from us next week. We've got the weekly show coming out we're going to record it tomorrow we're playing cricket together tomorrow um, for the able dream boys australian side um, and we'll record the weekly there we've got story time in the feed tonight We'll have a preview coming with Brett and me from the Oval day before the World Test Championship final. And so it goes, and so it goes, and so it goes, because we can't stop and we won't stop. This is the final word daily. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon, we will catch you regularly. Bye. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) See ya. All right. Nicely done. done, Yes. Yes.
mansion. I ain't breezing and I ain't George Benson. I ain't protected by the right, I ain't fenced in. my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go.